G'day and welcome to G'day Gridiron for another week of recaps. Week 3, 2022, is done and dusted. Uh, the primetime games were an absolute snooze fest, but all the meat seems to be in the early slot this week. Uh, it served up some really, really good games. We had the, we had some great wins, first wins from some teams, showing us that they're finally back. Uh, some teams deciding that it's finally, or some players finally deciding that 2022 season is upon us. And then we had an amazing shootout between the Dolphins and the Bills. Now, given the fact that the Dolphins' schedule for the next few weeks has the likes of the hapless Bengals, the Jets, the Vikings, the Steelers, the Lions, the Bears, the Browns, Manjot, is it a possibility that by mid-November we could see a 10-0 Dolphins team in the NFL? Hello, everyone. Hello, Ian. Yes, a very interesting question to start off this show. Now, as we all remember, in the Super Bowl era, there's only been one undefeated team, and that indeed was the 1972 Dolphins. It is very hard to go undefeated, let me tell you, throughout a whole season and the playoffs. There's only been one team that's gone through a regular season undefeated since the 2007 Patriots who lost in the Super Bowl. So the Dolphins have been very rare company if they can go for the entire season undefeated. But by mid-November, it's definitely a possibility with the schedule they have. I think they've got a really good chance to make it through. But even Thursday night will be a tough game. I know the Bengals have been struggling, but remember the defending AFC champions. So that'll be a bit of a test. Then, of course, you got the Vikings. They're still a solid team, I reckon. And they can really hang in with some of these teams. The Dolphins, they probably would win that game, but be difficult for me to rule out the Vikings just yet. And then, of course, you, the Steelers, they always find a way to hang in there somewhere. And that could be a real danger game for the Dolphins, they if do. you think about it. Yeah. So, yeah, by the end of November, I mean, you've got the Browns and Texans after games against the Lions and the Bears. That's a pretty good November and late October sort of schedule for the Dolphins. But for me, you can't rule out the possibility of an upset. NFL, you know, it's a very unpredictable league. Well, and... obviously, yeah. Obviously, I think that we, we've seen that this week, haven't we? The, yeah. The, the very, much, very much weird again, the any given day scenario, really, any given Sunday, I should say, really uh, really comes through, doesn't it? I mean, let's yeah. let's dive into that uh, Dolphins-Bills games straight away. Uh, obviously, it's it's our number one game of the week. A hundred percent. I think we were yeah. we were definitely in agreement on that. Unanimous. Uh, unanimous. You know, it's twenty two. You know, what is two? <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, just in the numbers, the insanity of that of that game. Uh, the the Bills. Josh Allen threw for four hundred yards in that game. Forty two of sixty three. Sixty three throwing passing attempts. Two touchdowns, which was ridiculous. Versus. Tua's uh, 13 of 18 and 186 yards and, uh, and just one TD. The 
Bills had the ball for 40 minutes and 40 seconds of that game. Uh, their uh, total plays is 90 plays versus 39 plays. Total net yards, 497 to 212. You see those numbers alone and you think the Bills dominated, the Bills won that game. But the reality is it's the opposite. The Dolphins sort of scraped home in the end. The Dolphins' defense uh, couldn't get off the field for the majority of the game, but managed to get off the field when it counted most uh, in the last in the last few minutes. Um, so that just to sort of set up Tet Tour and uh, the offense up for to to bring home that win. Uh, and then of course we saw uh, what can only be considered an absolute. Uh, meltdown in the last 30 seconds by the Bills. Yet again, another team yeah. with an absolute meltdown in the last 30 seconds of a game uh, with the Bills failing to get back to the to the line of scrimmage and spike the ball so they could be able to take a, um, a field goal and possibly win the game. Yeah. So it was a great game. And the Bills, this raises a few questions from me. I saw some stats from ESPN. They said the Bills, since the start of last year, are the worst team in the NFL with games decided by eight points or fewer. Ooh. They are 0-6 since the start of last year. The only other winless Ooh. team. Yeah, only other winless team is the Texans, 0-6-1, because they had that tie against the Colts in Week 1. So the Bills are in very bad company in these close games. This might be a bit of a worrying sign here for Josh Allen and Buffalo in general that they can't close out close games. There are a couple of plays that I really want to highlight. First up, the end of the first half, very, very costly. If we're talking about time management, yes, the end of the game, that was bad. But we got to start with the end of the first half. And that was a terrible decision by them to do a fake spike to end the half and just throw it to Diggs. I did not understand that at all from... I don't really know what they were doing. From what standpoint were they going from? It was just really hard to gather myself and think, why would they just throw it to Diggs on a fake spike with two seconds left? Why not trot out Tyler Bass for a long field goal? I'd honestly rather do the latter than just go for a fake spike to get maybe six more yards. It's just some of these plays just, it's really uncalculated. The percentages aren't great. And then, of course, the end of the game, Isaiah McKenzie just has to get out of bounds. But the Dolphins do a good job, good enough job, to be fair, to get him in bounds. And then they just don't have time. And Ken Dorsey, of course, he's very mad. He's just throwing oh, his livid. clipboard. Absolutely yeah. livid. His clipboard, his tablet, his everything away. We did see a memo by the NFL during the week about tablets. But look. It must be a team-issued one. So, yeah, that might not even matter. Anyway, I think with the Dolphins' defense, though, yes, they conceded all of these yards here and there, but what they did was limit the big plays. And I think this is where everyone would probably be looking at Josh Allen's stats. 400 yards, yes, very impressive. But if you look at some of the top receivers, his top receiver was his running back, Devin Singletary, nine catches, 78 yards, and a touchdown. Yep. That means he was definitely throwing it a lot underneath. The Dolphins were playing very deep and playing a very good game, covering the big plays. Isaiah McKenzie, seven catches, 76 yards, and a touchdown. He also was their second receiver. And then, of course, Stephon Diggs, 
Seven catches, 74 yards, but most importantly, no touchdowns. The Dolphins' defense, when it mattered most, they shut down Diggs, and that is the key to beating the Buffalo Bills, I reckon, is shutting down those big plays from Allen Diggs. And, yeah, the rest of the receivers, Allen had had 11 receivers on the day catch at least one pass. So that really showed that Allen had to spread the ball a lot to get his numbers up. And the Dolphins, they just didn't allow one or two guys to beat them. They really grinded it out the whole game. They made them grind the whole time. And, yeah, they... Look, the Dolphins' defense, I know they've conceded yards. The stats don't look good. But at the end of the day, they did enough to stop the big plays. And that's where they deserve the credit. And when you think about it, Tua, he had to he had to hobble off the field with that concussion that they're going to investigate later in the week because... He just was allowed back in somehow. I just don't believe that decision was correct. But Tua himself, he didn't really have as good of a day as last week, but he still did enough to win his team the game. He still made big throws when he needed to. He only threw the ball 18 times yeah. and got 186 yards yeah, and a insane. touchdown. Insane. That's that's 10 yards in attempt. Yeah, 10 and a third yards in attempt. That's actually really good by Tua. And, of course, Chase Edmonds, he was their leading rusher, and they really never got anything going on offense. Literally, Jalen Waddle, four Jaylen catches, Waddle, 102 yards. That's the only offense Jaylen, they really yeah. had. Jalen Waddle, another great game, though. Um, yeah. You know, four receptions from six yards, from six targets, 102 yards. Yeah. Um, obviously, there was that big uh, 45-yard run to, to set up the last, uh, the last play of the game. Uh, or yeah. the last score for them, um, yeah, the game-winning score. So early in the fourth quarter, but yeah, um, I agree. I agree. I just, it was. It's a very. It's a very very strange game by numbers. It's a very strange game to watch. Uh, it was quite exciting. I think. Yeah. Um, uh, I've seen some people say, yeah. "Yeah, the Dolphins didn't deserve to win that one," but they did enough. I reckon they deserved to win. There. I know the Bills had better stats. They should have dominated. But the Dolphins, at the right time, they were just there to slow down Allen. I feel like a lot of his yards came within from his own end up until their about 40-yard line. And then after that, the Dolphins, they just really bolted down their defense and they did enough to win the game. So that's where I, I definitely think the Dolphins, they deserve all the credit in the world for that win. And they're 3-0, and one of only two 3-0 teams. So... They're definitely doing a lot right there down in Miami. And, of course, uh, I guess we can't it'd be remiss of me to go away from this game without mentioning uh, the now famous butt punt. Yes. The safety, yeah. the, the butt punt safety. Uh, I mean, they were lucky to get out to get out of that with just safety, to be honest. They, that could have gone a very different way if that ball had gone straight up in the air. It would have likely been a, um, a touchdown rather than a yeah. safety. But um, it, there's... The punt protector did uh, did Bono Wischkowski no favors at that point. Yeah, no favors yeah. at all. That punter, Wischkowski, the punter, yeah, yeah. He, he did no favors at all. So, yeah, hundred percent. And it was just 
He's just one of those most unfortunate plays I reckon I've ever seen. He just yeah. kicks it straight into the butt of the up back. It was just it where does gi- that come from? It has Who given wrote it, the scripts. It has given us an amazing, uh, an amazing picture for, for the NFL history these days. Yeah. Though there Dude, that's how this. footballs are made, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> that's how. Yeah, I think wasn't that there was there was a quote from someone. That, so I think that was on the cut telecast or something. Someone said that they were going to tell their kids that's how footballs are made. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was one of the best. One of the best. Yeah, it was been a good week for punters. Otherwise, though, oh, but yeah, we'll no. get onto that in a bit. We'll get onto that in a bit because we're going to have to talk about that schmozzle. But uh, yeah. while we're on games of the week, let's go to our other game of the week, um, which was the uh, Minnesota Vikings Detroit Lions game. The Vikings taking the win there, twenty eight to twenty four, in what can only be considered as a there's a very back and forth affair. Uh, yeah. The Vikings had been trying to to craft a, a sort of a new and unpredictable offense under Kevin O'Connell. Um, it can be said that it's probably had probably yet to succeed with that. Uh, and there are, um, yeah, they've learned some lessons, I guess, from the from last week uh, to sort of really fix a few things that were definitely definitely wrong uh, in that loss last week. Um, but the Lions once again showed that they have a lot of grit and a lot of heart. Um, they did, The defence did really well to to lock down um, the explosive Justin Jefferson, which sort of forced, I think, the Vikings into a position again, once again, when they have to think about um, what they're doing, who they're going to. Um, yeah, but it was just you get uh it's a great game. Adam Thielen got, got his fiftieth career touchdown. Um KJ Osborne featured quite heavily, which is good. He has uh, five five receptions from eight targets, seventy three yards and a TD. Um uh, the game winning T D too. Game winning T D, yeah. Uh he was massive on that final drive, KJ Osborne. I was but, watching, so I was that, that, that last yeah. five minutes, that last five minutes was absolutely insane, I think, where yeah. <laughs> there was uh, three three drives, so three drives between the teams, uh, between the Vikings 30 and 40-yard line, where there was just um, four and outs, essentially. Mm. Uh, not even three and outs, four and outs. Uh, yeah, so... Yeah, it's another... It's another good game where there was a defense that just came in. One of these games this week where a defense just did enough to stop the other offense. And I think, yeah, those two four and outs at the end, those two fourth down stops and third down stops. Yeah, there was one third down, one fourth down stop there by the Vikings at the end. Absolutely incredible. That's where you need to make your tackles. And they just made it every single time. And it was just, it was, it just set off everything for the, Vikings to win. KJ Osborne, as we just mentioned, he had a huge final drive of that game. Really came into his own. And yeah, it was just, it was a good game all around, I reckon, by both teams. I think both teams just played a good game. And it's a shame one of them had to lose. And it was definitely the team that was more, more talented won the game. And that was the Vikings, in my opinion. There was some good performance again from the Lions. Jared Goff, he had a decent game. Two hundred seventy. Great game. Yeah. Great game. Yeah. Goff had. yeah. He had 277 yards, a touchdown, and an 
and the int that sealed it, but it was a desperation throw. So I wouldn't really put pin that too much on him. Jamal Williams, very interesting to see him lead the rushing for them because there's a lot of talk about DeAndre Swift being their lead back. But Jamal Williams has really come into his own, and he had 20 carries, 87 yards, and two touchdowns. The lion's share of the work there in that backfield. And it's going to be a very interesting situation to monitor who the leading back is for the Lions because Swift is a real nimble guy, whereas Jamal Williams is more of a bruising Round and pound sort of player, and I think that's something you can see from the Lions is they're really trying to balance those two styles week to week. We don't know who's going to be the number one running back there, and, and that's a situation I'd really like to monitor. Receiving wise, they had Josh Reynolds and Amon Ross St. Brown, they both had six catches. Their one touchdown came from TJ Hawkinson. It was it was a decent day all around from the Lions. I really liked another dude who I'm going to mention later. I will spoil. He is in another segment. <laughs> but Jeff Okuda, he did a really good job on Justin Jefferson. I think I was doing a post on him on Pastry Press on Instagram during the offseason for Lions page. And it was just, we didn't know what we were going to see in Jeff Okuda. But I think he's really developing into his own I think he's eventually going to be one of the best cornerbacks in the league. They drafted him a third overall for a reason. And I think Jeff Okuda can really develop into a good player, barring injuries. Let's hope he stays healthy and develops into a good player. The Vikings, though, they had had some interesting games. I mean, yeah, they had some interesting performances, such as Kirk Cousins. He did play well, 260 yards, two touchdowns. Some decent stats there. He really came into it towards the end of the game. Start of the game was a bit shaky from the Vikings. He also had Dalvin Cook, 17 carries and 96 yards with a touchdown. Though he had to leave early, which was it's just a very big concern, I reckon, for Dalvin. He can never really stay healthy. Not for his entire season, no. Yeah. No. And this is... He was really struggling, I felt, last week. But then this week, he came back real well. He struggled against the Eagles, but against the Lions, he's really he really played well until he got that shoulder injury. And hopefully for him, luckily we've heard it's just a day to day, but yeah, hopefully it gets better for him uh coming up because he was having a decent game. His replacement, Alexander Madison, who might have to take the carries in the upcoming week. He has seven carries, twenty eight yards and a touchdown, so a decent game for him as well. And yeah, I think they just played a decent game. Even with Jefferson getting three catches, 14 yards, they just did well, I reckon, the Vikings. Well enough to win at the yeah, end. Just well enough to win. That's the Vikings motto. As a yeah. Vikings supporter, that is, our, that is our motto. Surprise, this is four points and not three points spread, to be honest. But that's yeah. just... <laughs> <laughs> Righto. Well, let's, uh, let's grab a bit, of, a bit of news time, shall we? Yes. Uh, we'll run through a few few news items from the weekend that was. Um, NFLPA, of course, we, we mentioned this a little bit. NFLPA wants the NFL to look at Tua Tungavailoa's concussion that he returned from during the game versus Buffalo. Uh, there has been a, a letter, apparently, from the NFL already sent out as a bit of a, a please explain, and we'd like to investigate. Um, there is There is some... Sp- speculation on on how things went down um obviously it's not up to the coaching staff 
for a player to come back from concussion. It, it does yeah. have to be uh, team medics, team doctors. Isn't yeah. there an independent neurologist as well? There, there the is NFL. also one of those too, yeah. Yeah, it's so, very interesting they let him back in. I don't know him, how. Well, it must have been an ankle. To, yeah, well, for him to come back, he would have had to pass those those tests anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah, he would have, they would have had to pass them. But head injuries are a weird thing. Um, obviously, they different effects can pop up at any time, but also different you or I can have the same hit to the head and have two different responses to it too. So 100%. it's a very um it's a very weird thing. But I do do agree that um the NFL in general probably needs to get a bit better with its concussion protocols. Um, yeah, and they have a short week this week against the Bengals, so we'll see how Tua holds up. Yeah. That's gonna be a big storyline to see. Sure will be. Right. So Miles Garrett was involved in a car accident. Uh, Monday US time. There's non-life-threatening injuries. It was expected to be discharged on Monday, so same day. Well, Monday local time, so basically yeah, thankfully. today for us. Um, thankfully, nothing not worse. Nothing major, not worse. I believe it was a single car accident yeah. as well. So it's, I'm sure more will come out about that because it's the way the drama train works. Uh, the 49ers had a trade involving multiple draft picks in place with the commanders for Jimmy G. However, the trade fell through after Garoppolo's shoulder surgery. Um, I, but I, I read this. I read this the other day, and my first initial thought was Jimmy G didn't want to go to the commanders. Yeah, so, <laughs> who would said, want to go so there? He, considering that we we all now know that the um, the surgery was a surprise to the Forty ers as well. Uh, I re- I think he's um, Jimmy G. And his and his um and his people got wind that the trade a trade was on board for the commanders and he just went well I'm just going to have that surgery and see how that goes so obviously that scuttles that's that's for sure that's got to be the story here yeah hundred percent I mean who would want to go to commanders to be fair they're terrible team could they could they have been better with Jimmy G there instead of Carson Wentz who knows Uh, I'd probably be the same to be fair. Yeah, uh, NFL has sent out a memo to all 32 teams telling them not to break league-issued equipment. So this obviously came after the vision in which we all saw Tom Brady break two Microsoft Surface tablets last week. Um, I'm sure this memo is also going to be reinforced after uh, the Bills game. And mm-hmm. a complete meltdown by their OC. <laughs> I, I bet Ken Dorsey will... We'll see a bit of a fine letter. Hundred percent, yeah. Yeah, it's so, got to be at least ten k for that. Yeah. So, uh, big news around the Pro Bowl that came out yesterday. Pro Bowl is being replaced by a skills competition and a new feature flag football game. Uh, well, I initially thought this was actually great news. There was a lot of people. It seems the American public do not like flag football uh, as a whole. I'm not sure why. Um, seems a bit strange. But um, I love the idea of a skills competition over the nothingness of a, the game um, yeah. that the Pro Bowl always was. And maybe with um, with a flag football game, there might be uh, a little bit more um, competitiveness, I guess you could yeah. say, uh, because... Obviously, there's not, not the onus on um, physical nature. 
like as in, as in tackling and things. Peyton Manning will be reportedly involved in making the skills competition. Uh, of course, Pey- of course, there's going to be a Manning somewhere yeah. involved <laughs> with this. So no doubt we'll see it all over ESPN2 uh, or Plus, whichever one he's involved with. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he'll be in the coaching staff for the flag game. So uh, mm-hmm. so good things, actually. I, I, I For me, I, I love this edition, this, the way that to do something different with the Pro Bowl. And yeah. I mean let's let's bring back the QB shootout. Come on. We Yeah, bring back the if Payton's designing the yeah. skills competition. Gotta be. He's definitely gonna do the longest throw. Hundred percent. You've gotta you gotta, gotta have the longest throw, you've gotta have the fastest man, most accurate thrower. The that sideline catch on They've had the skills competition for a few years now. Of course, dodgeball, that's the best one. I, I, love, always... I love the skills competition. I yeah. love that. Cause it was always, there's always a bit of banner between the guys. You can see them having fun. You know, they're throwing balls. It's, you know, so, um, yeah. I've seen I played NFC. a few of those. Oh, yeah, I played a few of those NFL quarterback club games from the N64 days and NES days. Oh, wow. those, were, yeah. those were fun. Like, and yeah. I think they got to bring a ton of those competitions back because it's it's just fun. I mean, Peyton himself, he was definitely in that longest throw one. I think it was 2003, that famous one, him and Harbaugh going at it, Bob uh-huh. going at it. That was that was cool. Yeah, so I reckon skills competition, big plus. Flag football, definitely good as well because if you're considering the NFL looking at bringing it in for the 2028 Olympics in Los Angeles, so this is going to really push that yep. into the forefront, and I think that's good. I'd really love to see a flag football game between O-linemen, though, because I do want them to get involved. <laughs> I don't think they'll have much involvement in this sort of flag football. I think it'll just be the skill guys, but I'd love to see an O-lineman version of this game, so <laughs> please make it happen, NFL. I know it's probably an injury risk because some of these guys aren't agile, but look, it'll make for good... Good television, in my opinion. Definitely, definitely. Uh, a few injuries. We always hate the injuries part, yeah. but they are part and parcel of the leagues these days. Um, our season, a couple more season done injuries. I think I hate those the most anyway. Yeah. Um, Chargers offensive tackle Rashawn Slater uh, tore his biceps. That is a painful as fuck injury. I cannot imagine that that is uh, is good in any way. Yeah. Um, Bill's safety, Micah Hyde, has a neck injury and is out for the rest of the season. Neck injury is not good either. And obviously, yeah. Hyde is uh, a big, big loss for Massive loss, the, yes. the Bill's defense. Um, in, in a couple of stats I just uh, I looked up uh, a few minutes ago. Since he arrived in Buffalo uh, before the 2017 season, Hyde has he's gotten 257 tackles. 14 interceptions, 35 passes defensed, three forced fumbles, and one defensive touchdown in 79 starts. They are some impressive stats uh, that are going to be very sorely missed from the Bills' defense for the rest of the season. Uh, yeah, another potential season done injury that was just happened in the Monday night football game. That hasn't been fully confirmed yet, but... I just assume it's going to be season done. I feel for him, Sterling Shepard. Mm. I think it's something like an ACL and Achilles. He just fell. He just he just was running, and then he grabbed his leg. Somehow it felt like he was kicked from behind, and that 
That to me seems that like says, an Achilles. There's Achilles. I have if someone yeah. has done an Achilles, that is 100 percent Achilles. Feels like yeah. you from behind, you don't know what's happened, you just hit the ground. So that's just yeah, that's what happened to him. And yeah. I feel for him. He's had a ton of injuries in his career. He was really developing quite well with Daniel Jones this year, and it's just another big injury lost to them, the yeah. Giants. And yeah, I have to feel for them right there. Uh, it's high ankle sprain season apparently. 49ers offensive tackle Trent Williams suffered a high ankle sprain. He'll miss some time. Uh, obviously, with high ankle sprains, it, there is a varying degree of time, severity yeah. of the sprain, all that sort of stuff. Uh, and obviously, the other, the bigger, the bigger news out of the weekend was Patriots QB Mac Jones suffered a severe high ankle sprain. Pats are hoping to avoid surgery. Uh, they're just awaiting results on uh, on an MRI and apparently a second opinion. Um, yeah, to see how severe it is and if they need to, if he needs to get surgery or not. Um, not good for the Pats. Season done, basically, for the Pats. <laughs> yeah, if he's <laughs> given yeah, the first, said... just given the first overall pick in the draft now. Let's just. <laughs> yeah, it's looking bad for a few teams like the Chargers, Niners, Patriots. There, yeah. ton of injuries for them. The Ravens, even we covered a couple weeks ago. The few teams that are just hanging in there or they're just suffering right now for injury. Uh, Lions. DeAndre Swift uh, left the game with a shoulder injury. Uh, so he's going to be given a couple of weeks off, uh, says Dan Campbell after the game. And something we mentioned earlier, Dalvin Cook day-to-day with his shoulder injury. So on to a bit more of our recap. Of course, on our uh, preview show, we introduced a new segment called Big Games and Big Predictions. So the big predictions. How did we do with our oh, big no. predictions? Oh, I mean, I think we already know here, mate. Uh, well, you know, uh, so you can start gloating about it. Let's go with Ian's big predictions first. Mine, uh, Jets win over Bengals. <laughs> oh, yeah. No good there. Uh, Bengals, obviously, they won that game 27-12 to 12 over the Jets. Uh, the things that, that happened in this game essentially, <laughs> was yeah. that the Bengals figured out how to protect Joe Burrow. And what do you know? Once you protect Joe Burrow, the Bengals have an offense that is actually uh, as can be effective during a game um, and help out their defense, which obviously was able to take care of, of Joe Flacco and co. Um, no yes. more heroics from Joe Flacco, unfortunately, uh, which... We'll, I think we all know that with Zach Wilson was already slated to come back week four, which is the upcoming week. This is probably the last we see of Joe Flacco for a little while. Yeah. It's definitely the Bengals' defense. They had some good performers like Trey Hendrickson, who yeah. I'll mention in a bit. But definitely, you know, I think they've got some momentum going heading into the Thursday night game against Miami. Definitely that offense, 100%. They did well as well. Yeah, well, Burrow, three TDs, 20, 275 yards uh, in this game. Um, Tyler Boyd showing up as well as T. Higgins. Um, T. Higgins, again, uh, unbelievable. Yeah, nearly, not I thought yards. that was a catch. I thought that was oh, a catch. I'd, I've seen that. I've watched that many times. That's a that's a catch. That's a that, bloody catch. Give it to him. Give it's it to 100% him. 100% a catch. It's just ridiculous. 
I mean, uh, yeah, it's just splitting hairs over where the feet go down now. Yeah, I mean, it's probably that foot was out. To- but toes, but... Went, toes definitely went down first. Yeah, 100%. I just... Because that's uh, how you jump. I mean, it's how you it jump, is. it's how you land. It's just it human is. physics. You just, I just don't understand. Anyway. Should have given uh, it to him for that <laughs> effort. Because just if you watch how beautifully his feet just glide and put it down inside the the pylon inside the lines. It was just nice. It was just so nice to watch as a wide receiver myself. I love making those type of plays. So you definitely give it to him, man. Come yeah. on. Come on, NFL. Come on, man. <laughs> so my other big prediction from the week was I said that Giants would win and go 3-0. and Of course, we all saw on Monday Night Football today that uh, despite a good start, uh, Half time going into half time, only three points down at six three against the Cowboys. The uh, D- Daniel Jones and the Giants did um, Daniel Jones and Giants things uh, in the second half, and basically just couldn't bring couldn't bring home too much of the pressure. Um, and that, despite the fact that Saquon Barkley again, once again, eighty one yards. Uh, yeah, it was. Huge performance again. He is what he is, and forty another forty five receiving as well. Yeah, and what a touchdown too! That was one of the mm-hmm. best. I was watching this game, and I just couldn't help but get really excited. I was very excited when I saw that. And for the Giants, I really feel like their offensive line, apart from Andrew Thomas, hundred percent cost them that game because Daniel Jones had zero time to throw. He couldn't develop anything that he had in the first couple of weeks, and. Yeah, he's a much better quarterback than that. He needs the time to throw. I think the Giants' offensive line didn't do him any favors in that game. The Cowboys' defense, they really play well. Like DeMarcus Lawrence, three sacks, for example. Just a great performance all around by the Cowboys. They did enough to win. Cooper Rush, undefeated as a starter, 3-0. So we could be seeing some quarterback controversy, maybe. But I'm, I'm not oh, really going yeah, well, really to push it there. But... You know, it, it depends if you listen to their owner or not. That's the, yeah. the only problem. <laughs> he seems to think that uh, that's how that's how it's going to be. So, um, yeah. yeah, that that Dak is definitely back, but who knows? I mean, who knows? I mean, that at this point in time, they seem to be rolling well enough with Cooper Rush. That do you give Dak a couple more weeks and make sure that thumb is actually healthy? Make sure he can actually hold, grip, and throw a ball properly. It's a thumb, for God's sakes. It's a thumb. We have yeah. opposable thumbs for a reason. Um, it's not going to be easy to throw an NFL ball without a thumb. Uh, 100%. How about Tony Pollard again, though? Another 100-yard yeah. rushing game for Tony Pollard. This so week. a running back controversy. Yeah, that's been... Oh, Tony Pollard is definitely better than Zeke. He is. a hundred. It's not even a limb to go out on these days. Sam's just stats up a little bit. Mm. Yeah. I just don't know. Tony Pollard looks a much better runner. And one day he's got to be a lead back in the offense. I'd even push for him to be a lead back in, in another offense to get traded. But, hey, look, they, they did well, the Cowboys. They even had a couple of plays from guys like Noah Brown and Peyton Hendershot. Very good name, by the way, Peyton Hendershot. I bet Peyton Manning on the Manning cast would have loved it. Same spelling and everything, Peyton. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, 
they seem good. I was watching a little bit of the Manning cast, and I had to watch the game on mute. But yeah, Manning and McAfee, what a duo. The Mannings and the McAfees, what a trio, sorry. Just an amazing, amazing watch that was at the end of the half there. And yeah, it was a it was a very weird Monday night football game. I think it was a lot more fun when I was watching on the Manning cast than when I was watching it on the main one, but no, I think hey, it's I, I do I think, think it was Cowboys definitely did the... see, see, this is definitely one of those Monday night football games where you don't feel bad about watching the Manning cast and getting yeah. away from um from the big the big talent, you know, the big the the better what am I saying? The better announcers. Oh, I've lost well, the I've lost well, the, the more professional. The more professional. I don't know who. Do, I don't want to say he's unprofessional. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. It's it's um the more serious. I will say that because <laughs> they're definitely a lot more serious. Peyton and Eli, they just laid back. They get their special guests on, and they just do the funniest shit. It's just great to watch. Great television. So let's yep. get on to Manjot's big predictions. Uh, Jonathan Taylor under seventy five and a half rushing yards. Yeah, you said, "What's yeah. our result?" Well yes, done, sir. mate. Well done. Seventy one rushing yards. Seventy one total rushing yards for Jonathan Taylor. In this is in the Colts. The the twenty four to nil against the Jaguars. Colts beat the Chiefs this week twenty to seventeen in a huge game. For Matt Ryan and the Colts, a huge get back uh, after after last week's effort against the uh, the Jaguars, who who are quite clearly could be the dudes at this point. Um, they are an amazing team. They're yeah. shaping up to be an amazing team. But Jonathan Taylor featured along with uh, Michael Pittman Jr. back, which may have been part of the um, the spice needed for Matt Ryan to. Overcome uh, Mahomes and Co. out at the Chiefs. Yeah, hundred percent. I did really like the Colts' performance in this game, especially their punter. Um, I think that's the punter Matt Hack. Yeah, that's yep. him. From yep. he used to play for the Bills, and he got a few good punts on them, and that really set them up pretty nicely. I was very, very happy with that. Very happy I hit with my Jonathan Taylor prediction, though. <laughs> and, yeah, I, I don't know. It just felt good to see Jonathan Taylor fail. I hate I hate wishing on people's downfalls, to be fair. But it was just good this week to see him hit the under. And, yeah, Matt Ryan, another good game from him. And, of course, Michael Pittman, Alec Pierce. These guys really stepping up. Jelani Woods got the two touchdowns for the Colts. Very interesting there. And yeah, for the Chiefs, they had some they had some few decent games. I mean, Mahomes again, two sixty-two yards, a touchdown, and that was decent. Uh he led the rushing somehow, Mahomes, twenty-six yards and four carries. So that shows they were pretty one-dimensional all around in this game. So that's something for them to work on. And yeah, Juju the leading receiver, Travis Kelsey. Four catches, 58 yards. Juju, five catches, 89 yards. So it was a very defensive game, this one. And the Chiefs, they need to work on being on that run game, definitely. They were definitely way too one-dimensional. So that's something they need to work on. Your second prediction was Devontae Adams, two TDs. 
No good. The yeah. Raiders go down 24 to 22 against the Titans. Devontae Adams only getting the one TD. So he got one TD uh, for 36 yards. But, I mean, it was Mac Hollins who basically took all the biscuits out yeah. of this game. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Mac Hollins. Who knew that? Eight, eight, trading... from, eight from eight, Mac Hollins was. 158 yards and a touchdown. Uh, amazing performance. Yeah, who knew that trading a first and second round picks for Devontae Adams would be a mistake and Matt Collins was the better guy the whole time? He was there all the time. And Derek Carr was my other prediction from this game. I said he'd have four touchdowns. That was no good. good Two touchdowns, 26 out of 44 and 203 yards passing. I think 303. 303, yeah. My bad. Just couldn't, couldn't, over, read for some couldn't, reason. couldn't overcome the Titans, though, and I alluded to it earlier. Derrick Henry has finally decided that it is the 2022 season. Yeah. Uh, and he is ready to play. So what do we say earlier? 25 touches for yeah. 143 scrimmage yards yes. and one touchdown. They were the butthole out of Derrick Henry. He was active in the receiving game. He was active in the receiving game. That's something we've not seen from Henry no. at any point in his career. And this is how you kickstart him. That is actually very, very interesting. He could really turn into some sort of receiving back, maybe. I- I'm not really going to push it that far. It's been one game. But this might be a late career transition from a bruising, ground pound sort of style north and south runner to a guy who can be a receiving back and a safe blanket for Tannehill. And when the time comes, Malik Willis. And Tannehill, he he played a solid game, I thought. 264 yards, a touchdown, an interception. I thought that was a pretty solid game. Titans O-line, despite not having Taylor LeBron, they only conceded the one sack. So they did pretty well. They set it up for them very nicely. And they'll definitely get mentioned later on. I'll, I've definitely explored that entire segment at this point. Yeah, <laughs> Mac Collins, he even threw a pass, by the way. He got one for one and four yards throwing the ball. So he could do it all. He Mac can, Collins. He can do it all, Mac Collins. And the he other can. one, the other one was in another game that we really wanted to have a chat about here. So you lot. Your last prediction was that the LA Chargers would go under 20 points this week. Under 20 points for the LA Chargers. I laughed. I laughed when you said that. I said, no way. No way. (laughs) Or everyone did. Everyone Everyone did. Everyone laughed. What happened? The LA Chargers only got managed to get 10 points going. They made me look stupid. Going down 38 to 10 against the Jacksonville Jaguars on the weekend, and Justin Herbert, and just despite throwing 297 yards with broken rib cartilage, uh, mm-hmm. what are the Chargers doing, having him throw 45 times um, with broken rib cartilage when they could have basically just been handing the ball off constantly to Austin Eckler and Sonny Michelle, still went down to Trevor Lawrence uh and an amazing Jaguars team who, I don't know, they're, they're starting to look a little bit like there could be something going on with this team. 
after spending quite a lot of money in the off-season. Yeah, I'm very interested by the Jacksonville Jaguars right now. And I was very, very happy with their performance, shutting down the charges, as I called it. And they played so well, the Jaguars' defense. They made me look stupid. <laughs> I looked absolutely stupid. I, I owned, It was like, Manjo, you only predicted them to score 20, and they scored 10. That It was like I wasn't even bold enough. <laughs> this is how bad I was I looking. Mate, I thought 20, I thought only 20 was bold. I thought that was yeah. really bold. Um, yeah, and the Jaguars came out, and they're just, I don't know what's with them. I think Trevor Lawrence, 100%, when we were doing that collab with Aussie NFL Fantasy back then, and I said Trevor Lawrence was going to make a leap this year, I I wasn't meaning, I mean, everyone was like, of course, he's going to make a leap. He's going to, he just needs to be mediocre to make a leap. And uh, Trevor, right now, 28 for 39, 262 yards and three touchdowns. James Robinson, 17 carries, 100 yards and a touchdown. That beautiful 50 yard I commentated on Pastry Press. Loved it. Loved it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Christian Kirk, a guy who, who everyone, who everyone hated when they signed him. They thought he was overpaid as hell. Six catches, 72 yards and a touchdown. He's worth all of the money. He's been catching touchdowns left and right from Lawrence. This guy, he has to be considered as a good receiver right now. I don't care if he's overpaid. He's a good receiver. They paid what they had to pay to get him. And that's really accelerated Trevor Lawrence's leap this year. And I think this is a that was a good move in hindsight by the Jaguars. We can laugh at it at the time. We can laugh at the money, but they made a good move then. I'm willing to I'm willing to make that take. I'm willing to make that take mm. on the Jaguars. So, yeah, there we go. Another good game from a few stars there. The Chargers, you definitely got to hand it off way more than 13 times when Justin Herbert is injured. 45 out of your 58 plays will pass plays. That is not, that's not good, in my opinion. You shouldn't be doing this to your quarterback that has rib injuries. You yeah. even made him run one time for seven yards, and he was even, the second rusher. Fourth quarter, they're down three scores. And yeah, he, why is he, he in there? He was still in the game. But what are you doing? You that know. is terrible management there by Brandon Staley and the coaching staff. Yeah. You've got to get Chase Daniel in there. This dude has been holding a clipboard for years. He probably knows a few offenses in and out. He needs his chance to like just show that he's a decent backup. Just get him in there. You guys are going to lose the game anyway. Just get him in there. It's just a terrible, terrible decision yeah. to leave Justin Herbert out. He could have been injured even more. He's your Dad. franchise quarterback. You've got to look after him at some point. Yeah. Plus, you've got a duty of care to players. And I just and, and, don't and, know. And again, what they said, Brandon Staley said, just it was Justin's choice. No, it's not. It's not Justin's choice. You've got it. You can say take no. Take it to out Justin. of his hands. Take it out of his hands. A hundred percent. Just take that decision out of his hands. You don't yeah. want to risk further injury. And yeah, I'm just really unsure the Chargers team. And their sort of medical stuff. I know they're under a bit of a cloud as well with their lawsuit with from Tyra Taylor. They still have the same doctor caring for uh, Herbert. So this is, I don't know. That's a bit, I, I know that's going a bit far there with my analysis. So uh, it's, I'd it's, say, just, you, it's just valid concerns, though, yeah. I have with the Chargers medical staff. Now they're under this lawsuit, puncturing 
Tara Taylor's long in 2020, of course, in week two, and then Herbert came in, and just from there, Herbert's been the franchise guy. But just this sort of medical malpractice lawsuit is definitely hanging over a cloud for that Chargers team. And right now, it's, it's again, really showing for them, to be honest. Yeah, definitely. Right, uh, we're on to uh, the upsets of the week. Look, for me, I let's go... I think you could almost be in agreement with this. We've talked about a lot. It doesn't look on paper like there's a lot of upsets this week, but I would say the biggest upset this week was was Monday night football as a mm. whole. Punt Fest 2022. <laughs> uh, it, the Broncos narrowly beating the 49ers 11-10, to 10, the score line which hasn't been seen since 1912. This is before the invention of the forward pass. Uh, It is unbelievable how boring this game was. (laughs) And and the highlights, I mean, there's, yeah, when you had 10 punts for the Broncos and seven for the 49ers, 17 punts in total for this game. Uh, with a huge amount of yards, just it's punt fest 2022. That's pretty much what it was. But when one of the high, highlights was essentially a Wisniewski uh, punt that got <laughs> dragged back by a superhuman effort to set. Yeah, Samuel Womack right there. Samuel He's Womack been... basically. <laughs> and then a the long snapper, Tabor Pepper, just he just fell onto that. Yeah, Womack, yeah. Oh, very underrated gem. The rookie, he's been very hyped up for the Niners, especially since his preseason play, and a hundred percent, yeah. And then, of course, I've got to get into, got to get into Jimmy. Honestly, that was a horrible performance. I do not. Every other NFL fan base, some people were like, "Oh man, Joe, you're gonna be fine with Jimmy G as your team's quarterback." No, I saw. This is why I really wanted the Niners to move on from him. And this is why no one wanted to trade for him, to be honest, because Jimmy had an absolutely putrid performance on Sunday Night Football in front of the entire nation, from the entire world, to be fair. The entire NFL world was just watching this game. And Jimmy G, he absolutely played like dog shit. Let me just be honest. And that safety, I actually don't want to put too... I only put 50-50 blame on him. And the other 50%, the play calling from Kyle Shanahan was absolutely putrid. I don't know if I can share my screen to you on Zoom here, Ian, but I, I can I can do a detailed analysis of that safety if you want. <laughs> I can show you where the play calling went absolutely horribly wrong if you want. I've got in Game Pass. Uh, let me see. Yeah, you've disabled screen sharing, but I can just run Go. you through it. Go, um, let's run me through it. Yeah, so we're going to start with the snap. All right, so the play before, they just run it up the middle for no reason, and it just gets nothing, and you're not really using your power left to right running game. So the Niners, it's just not working there. I reckon you're backed up when you won. You definitely got to at least run the ball. If not, sneak it with Jimmy G. He's got big frame. Just get him in there. Get a couple yards as cushion. But they wouldn't do that. They actually put a play action. They're going to do a bootleg pass and everything set up to be a pass to the left now i'm gonna run through this play uh so here the play action 
everything, every offensive lineman is going to the left. The only guy that's running to the right is Brandon Ayuk. And so, Jimmy G, this is actually not really a good play. So, I'm currently paused on the screen where Jimmy G is basically just pretending to hand off to Jeff Wilson Jr. Now, yeah, the only thing that has happened is everyone's standing in the end zone. And Ayuk is just barely moving across the screen at this point. This is about maybe a second in. So, I'm just going to run the tape. Jimmy, all right. Now, now Wilson has run past. There is absolutely nothing going on here except you've got maybe you've got two Broncos rushes. You've got R- Randy Gregory on the left side on uh, on their left side, our right side. So he's coming in as a free guy. You've got a fullback in Carl Yuschek. He's blocking him. You've got in the middle, you've got Mike Purcell. He's going at Jimmy as well. So that's two free rushes because the right, the two right guards that we have, we had like six or seven O linemen on that play. They, they just, one of them just pushes another one. I think Spencer Burford, he was the guy that pushed over the other offensive guard. I'll definitely look into that. Now, look at this high shot again. Now, I've just paused it again and. Literally no one's open right now. And Purcell is coming right at Jimmy. And Jimmy's standing at the end of where it says Broncos. So he's literally about two or three yards away from the safety. And then rolling it again. No one's there to block these two. They're still coming. No one is open at all for Jimmy to throw to as he gets closer and closer to the end. And now I've gotten to the point where just before he steps out, and absolutely no one's open. And as I let this run through, yeah, again, I wouldn't trust Jimmy at all to make any sort of throw here. Yeah. And this is a very big problem because the only throw, he's pretty much rolling a bootleg to his right and they're expecting him to throw it back left. That's not good play. That would have led to pick six if that wasn't a safety. This we game, could all see that. And then he, yeah. yeah and then just to finish it off, he had that throw to Ayuk. He had to make that one. But I wouldn't trust him to make that throw because he was definitely on throwing that. But yeah, there's your full analysis of that safety. It was a bad play call. I wouldn't exactly... Yeah, definitely put blame on Jimmy, but Kyle's definitely not. Oh, the whole definitely game The whole game yeah. was just full of bad play calls from both sides. Um, yeah, 100%. The Broncos, the Broncos are no better. The Broncos haven't really shown anything so far this season yeah. one drive one drive and they won that that was disappointing yeah the Niners defense conceded less than the Broncos defense and still we lost yeah that is just ah oh, so that was I think that's sure. I think I think that's the the biggest upset of the week is basically primetime football as a whole and that's punt, just shit and yeah. happen to endure punt fest 2022 um uh, it's not it's not something that should happen in the one of the biggest leagues in the world, um, yeah. Well, let's let's just we've run through a lot of games already today, Manjot. So let's yeah. just um, touch on uh, some of the ones we haven't done uh, with some really fast thoughts. Brown Steelers, of course. Um, Thursday night football that was a great game. I thought um, for me, the biggest thing on, on that Browns winning that twenty nine to seventeen over the Steelers was. Watching Jacoby Brissett, and it's more than once where I was watching Jacoby Brissett throw, and he is throwing into some some tight windows again and some really small spaces, some beautiful balls. 
uh, and I keep thinking, how on earth can you go away from Jacoby Brissett to Deshaun Watson? I know you've paid the guy a lot of money, but this is seems like uh, it seems like it's the season. It's Jacoby saying you might have paid him two hundred and thirty mil, but here's what I can actually do, um, and maybe even get himself into uh, a bit of a job somewhere else later on down the track. Yeah, 100%. Good game by Murray Cooper, too. I really like yeah. watching him play. Seven catches, 101 yards, and a nice touchdown on a mismatch against Terrell Edmonds, the safety. You definitely don't put a safety on a guy like Amari Cooper, that's for sure. Nick Chubb, 23 carries, 113 yards, and a touchdown. Definitely was a big part of the game as well. I think the Browns, with Brissett, they can still win, and that's a good sign for this team yeah. whenever Deshaun comes back. Of course, personal feelings about Deshaun's situation aside, just as a football player, that is. I just think they can really win with Deshaun if they're winning with Brissett already. For the Steelers, I mean, George Pickens, what a catch. George Pickens. Yeah. That was the catch of the year. Not I don't just catch of the year. Catch... I mean, I'd, I'd go as far as maybe, not just catch of the year, maybe like catch of the decade. You know, yeah. that's what it's going to be. Best catch only, since Odell. And it's, yeah. only tw- and it's only 2022. I don't think we're going to see another, another good one in yeah. the latter yeah. part of the decade. In the like last, that. yeah, I'd say best catch since Odell's catch, 100%. Odell was different, though. I, I don't think you can really compare those two catches because Odell inspired a whole generation of kids to pretty much just pick up a football and try that out with Pickens. That was ridiculous, but it wasn't definitely on the same level as Odell in terms of impact. But yeah, Trubisky, a lot of questions about him. I think they've got to really sort that out for the Steelers. They've got to really sort out what's going on with Mitch Trubisky and the entire quarterback situation is definitely terrible. Sooner or later, Kenny Pickett's got to come in. Yeah. Uh, and then onto the uh, Panthers Saints game, where the Panthers came away as winners twenty-two to fourteen over the Saints, and another extremely injured QB in Jameis Winston throwing for forty-one attempts, three hundred fifty-three yards, a touchdown. Of course, two interceptions. Um, how can he not throw two interceptions when he his entire body is basically in pain? But yeah. Baker Mayfield. Um, uh, just had, a, I think, it had a, had a really solid game here to lead the Panthers to victory. Um, and of course, Christian McCaffrey, another one of those that has decided that um, it's it's a good time to show up for twenty. Hey, 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 wait, wait up, wait up. <laughs> he did have some good games in the first couple of weeks. He so. did, but not one hundred eight, not one hundred eight yards. That's for bloody sure. And twenty five yeah. carries. That's more what I mean. He was. It's like yeah. he was on a pitch count before that, but now it's twenty-five carries, one hundred eight yards. So yeah, he did have a hundred and two yards and fifteen carries last week. So let's not let's yeah. not disrespect CMC too much, there. But, oh no, disrespect yeah. CMC, absolutely not. So yeah, twenty-two fourteen uh, winners over the Saints. There, I still don't know what the Saints are doing playing Jameis Winston either, or playing him yeah. that much, or not having more. Again, another team that could just be even if he's got to be out there. Why are you not playing the run game more? Um, with only 22 rushing carries, uh, uh, touches, yeah. rushing touches in altogether, and two of those being Jameis Winston. Why is he running? Why? Yeah, he running? why? Again, <laughs> yeah, why is he your third leading rusher? Where's your upper running backs at? That's just, yeah. it's disappointing. You could have even end around some wide receivers, get <laughs> down to carry. But for the Saints, on a bright note, though, Chris Olave, what a <laughs> drop pick. Se- yes. Sorry, nine catches, 147 yards. This guy's incredible 
great performance. Traquan Smith as well. Four catches, 105 yards. And how about Marquez Callaway against three defenders, a one-handed catch in the end zone. Absolute highlight for them, the Saints, on a bad afternoon. The Panthers, who I predicted to win this, yeah, they, they came through. And yeah. I've got, yeah, Baker, solid game. McCaffrey, another good game. And LaVisca Chanel, great touchdown. Definitely showing why they traded for him. Yep. Uh, the Ravens come back after last week's loss to beat the Patriots 37-26. Of course, we touched on the fact that Mac Jones uh, left the game with a high ankle sprain late in the game or after the game, basically, essentially carried off the field. Uh, he didn't want the, the bus. He wanted to get off there himself and hop away. But Lamar Jackson just keeps showing, showing, showing the Ravens why he is worth every bit of the money that he's been asking for um, and obviously showing other teams, the other teams that can afford him, this is what's why you can pay me that if the Ravens decide they don't want to. Which would be stupid of them, to be honest. Uh, and, yeah, I no. do have a big, big Lamar Jackson take, you know. Oh. I'm, willing, I'm willing to bring it out, man. I, I have Go, to bring you it You got a big Lamar prediction let's get a hot take let's go all right i'm, I'm putting my phone on too so this is going on social, social media for everyone <laughs> okay. lamar jackson is the best quarterback in the nfl that is what i feel lamar jackson he is absolutely showing out his 85.8 percent of the ravens offensive yards this year he has absolutely everything going for him this guy he can run the ball better than any quarterback he can pass the ball as good as any quarterback. He makes plays as good as any quarterback. Lamar Jackson, out of any quarterback, can be the best playmaker on his day. He's got the best skill set, I reckon, in the entire NFL. And Lamar Jackson, he's going to prove that he is the best quarterback in the NFL. The haters will come at me for saying this, but Lamar is the best quarterback in the NFL, skill set-wise and also this year definitely statistically wise as well yeah mate look i'm just trying to have a quick think then on who right now would be better um who would be better who would who would be a better leader right now for in the mvp race after three weeks a hundred percent um i mean you could make you could make a um an argument for Tua, maybe no, you couldn't. Maybe for Josh Allen, yeah. Hertz is the other big guy, yeah. Hertz and Josh Allen and Lamar, I would be right up there, but I would actually think that uh, it, Lamar would be the leader out of those three right now. He's certainly he's second on in um QBR totals right now, um, just behind Tua, um, but that's but I think Tua's stats are, are inflated. A little bit um, by that game going on, yeah. but it's more percentage throws. He's not throwing a lot, but the the ones he is throwing, uh, he's making make obviously makes it. Yeah, Lamar has had no good wide receivers on his team. Yes. I reckon. Yes, and yeah, except for Bateman, Bateman's really developing into a good one. Yeah, but apart from him, he just has nothing except for Mark Andrews, his tight end, and Devin Duvernay has had a decent season too. He had a touchdown this game, but. It's just Lamar's had nothing around him for such a long time. 
He's accounted for a ton, as I said, 85.88% of the entire ru- total yards this year. This guy, absolutely incredible. He has to be considered the best quarterback in the league. I don't care what anyone says. This, I, I know I've been a big Lamar fan, but this is why. Because he just makes plays better than any quarterback. You don't see Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert make these sort of running plays or even these sort of passing plays sometimes. Lamar can jump pass. He can do all these no looks and everything that Mahomes can do. Mahomes gets posted on like ESPN a million times about that. Lamar, he runs better than anyone, like I said. So, yeah, I just think skill set wise, he is the best, to be honest. Yeah, and then uh, we mentioned Jalen Hurts in there. Uh, so we're on to the, the Eagles game, obviously. Eagles won 24 to 8 against the commanders uh i don't want to talk about the commanders at all yeah really because it bores the crap out of me uh everyone i think can gather what i feel about carson wentz um not necessarily the commanders but just carson wentz i think terry mclaurin's dude i could talk about that dude a lot but um jalen hurts mate another spectacular game three touchdowns for 340 yards in this in this big win um Devonta Smith with eight eight um eight catches for 169 yards and a TD, but the Eagles' defense are are basically a sack machine in this game. Yeah. Um, there's, there's a huge amount of sacks from these um from this defense in this game. Um, TJ Edwards with one, uh, Brandon Graham two and a half. I love these half sacks. Um, yeah. Hassan Riddick one and a half. Javon Hargrave, one. Josh, uh, Josh Sweat, one and a half. Fletcher Cox, one and a half. Like, whoa. They just, they dominated Carson Wentz in this game. Uh, and the Eagles really are still looking uh, an amazing team. And I hate to say that. Oh, yeah. Well, it makes me I feel mean, bad. Yeah. Eagles, <laughs> I mean, their fans can be a bit much for I me. Hate as fans. Well. Worse, yeah. I hate their fans. Worse, I hate their fans. But honestly, I, I just think I love watching Jalen Hurts. To be honest, he's a good, he's a very good player, very unique again, like Lamar. That sort of rushing skill set. It's going to be incredible to watch Lamar and Hurts for the next few years. And yep. yeah, Hurts a hundred percent. Look, he's going to be pretty good. Devonta Smith, another guy who I really love. That game by him was incredible. Even AJ Brown played well as well. Five catches, eighty-five yards, and a touchdown there. That was pretty good. And yeah, the Eagles really rolling. They they've got that schedule that's really setting up nicely for them. So yeah. I think the Eagles looking very good right now. And the Commanders going to be very mediocre this year again. So honestly, they're going to be one of the teams I least care about. To be fair, because they're just going to be. Not very good. They're never going to... Not even good at all. They're just going to be either bad or just mediocre and boring <laughs> to watch. Well, on to another couple of bad slash mediocre teams. The Bears beat the Texans 22-20. to 20. Uh, uh, In... Uh, oh, it was a relative snooze fest, really. Um, yeah. Until that ending. Until the yeah. ending. So, But apart from that... Um, Pity Davis Mills and the Texans didn't really come away with this. Yeah, um, in, in a very close game, I think they probably deserved it a little bit more than the Bears. Uh, apart from Khalil Herbert with a massive, um, a massive game with 157 yards and two D two TDs. Rushing. Yeah, he played well. 
Yeah. I really enjoyed it from Khalil Herbert. And yeah, Justin Fields, very many struggles. A lot of yeah. questions around him this week this after question, that terrible this, performance. Serious questions about the Bears in general. I don't know. If yes. know How are they two and one? That's just, that's a question I have. How yeah. are they in the top place for the NFC North and not yes. the Lions or the Vikings? Insanity. Oh, well, actually, the Vikings. Yeah. Sorry, the Vikings, Packers, and the Bears all two and one. So they're yeah. all tied there. My bad. Um, the Rams come away with a win, 20 points to 12 over the Cardinals. Uh, another very subdued and lackluster game from the Rams, I thought, the defending yeah. champs. Um, don't know when they're going to decide that this the 2022 season and start really putting in. Um, yeah. But Kyler Murray, once again, uh, dominant with the ball and running all over the place. Um, they just couldn't find the end zone much. Could not find the end zone. That was basically the tale of this game, wasn't it, really? Yeah. Yeah. Not at all, actually. They didn't find the end zone once, and yeah, Kylo, he just couldn't couldn't get going, even at the end. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Falcons beat the Seahawks in the I guess the the bird game, twenty seven yeah. to twenty three. Um, Seahawks, not a thing. Um, yeah, I I don't know. Geno Smith again, uh, a decent. Decent figures, decent number of yards. Two TDs, 325 yards, one interception, um, 32 from 44. But mm. I still just don't – I still don't believe in this Seahawks team and I don't believe they can get stuff. I'm very surprised that um, the Falcons and Marcus Mariota are actually having uh, any success. Um, and, I, and I think if it wasn't for Cordarell Patterson, yeah, <laughs> um, they probably wouldn't be getting success, to be honest. 100%. Cordero Patterson, 100%. Deserves a ton of credit for this game. Mm. That dude's incredible. I do like what I saw from Carl Pitts and Drake London as well. They had solid gains in the receiving section here. And yeah, it's just an interesting sort of game. I just don't know. It was, it was very weird. I didn't really see too much of it, but I reckon it was very evenly matched for most of it. And just the Seahawks can get that winning score in that last quarter. It was a very scoreless last quarter, actually. There was no points. So, yeah, it, was, it just ended pretty badly, to be honest. It started off really nicely, but then just towards the end, it kind of tailed off. And, yeah, both teams struggled to get in the end zone at the end. Yeah. And yeah, the other game from the week that we haven't talked about so far was a game between the greatest of all time and one of the best of all time. Green yeah. Bay and, and Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers coming away 14-12 winners over the Bucks. Um, for me, this game, I would be very concerned, even though they get a win, I'd be concerned if I was the Green Bay Packers about this game. Only just coming away with a win, um, mainly because the Buccaneers, with two delay games uh, late in the game, to, yep. to really screw it for themselves. Uh, the One of them wasn't called, by the way. Yeah, yes, but it was should have been. Um, <laughs> should have definitely yeah. been. But the Buccaneers are very unhealthy at this point. There is a, a lot of injuries on that team. They have a very depleted unit, and the Packers were only just able to come away with this win. So I would be very yeah. concerned over the, about the Packers uh, going forward unless they can start really 
unlocking some of the receiving core and really, I guess, pumping the hell out of Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. Yeah, it's definitely the offense. That's the problem. The defense, they did their job. They limited the Tom Brady Buccaneers. I know they're banged up. Don't have Evans, Goblin, and Julio, but they still limited them to 12 points, and that was enough to win it. Great play by Devondre Campbell. He had a great game and just an amazing play on that goal line to finish it off on the two-point conversion. And, yeah, the Buccaneers, they shot themselves in the foot with that penalty on that two-point conversion. Should have been called for that other one, as we said, for the for that touchdown. It shouldn't have been a touchdown from that distance anyway. It was definitely a delay. So, yeah, the Buccaneers, it's a very, very precarious time for them. They're, they're close to walking the plank, to be honest, if I had to use the oh, pun. Oh, that is a great pun. They're very I'll close allow to walking. That. I'll allow that pun. Yeah, they're very close to walking my plank, my figurative plank of NFL teams. Yeah, that's for sure. Right. How about, have you got any really quick likes, dislikes that we haven't really gone through uh, so far and all the stuff we've been talking about? Yeah, just a general overview. Like, Lamar is definitely my biggest like and my biggest dislike is Jimmy G. That was for sure. I think I think we got that point. Yeah. <laughs> I think you made that point abundantly clear today. 100%. <laughs> Uh, righto. Well, let's. How about we move straight on to the the pastry performer team of the week? Yes, uh, sir. Uh, righto. Let's get get on going through it. Do you want to do you want to run us through it real quick today? Yeah, I'll get it done quickly. I know it's been a long episode for everyone. Yeah, we've been in there. So, so yeah, of course, quarterback, my boy, the best quarterback in the game, in my opinion, Lamar Jackson. Running backs, we covered them a bit. Khalil Herbert and Cordaro Patterson right, both yep. had good games Definitely. against against good op- uh, against similar match opposition, but for yep. bad teams, they've definitely pulled through, got the wins for their teams. For wide receiver, Devonta Smith had to be my wide receiver one. He led everyone receiving. He showed that you know his size doesn't matter. He definitely can play with the big boys. Mac Collins somehow making it as well. Very surprising choice, but eight catches, 158 yards, and a touchdown definitely makes the team, in my opinion. Chris Olave, another guy who I did cover earlier, nine catches and 147 yards. And, of course, Mark Andrews, Lamar's tight end at the Ravens, eight catches, 89 yards, and two touchdowns made my team of the week. Offensive line, I went with the Titans. They overcame the loss of left tackle Taylor Lewan, and they allowed Derrick Henry to come back to form and allowed Ryan Tannehill to have a mostly clean day with only one sack allowed and one pick thrown. Yep. So they did pretty well despite yeah, the did. loss of one. They really they cleaned house this week. They really pushed that that O line pushed really hard, made some really big gaps for um for King Henry to to, to plow on through. Um, yeah. Yeah, and really get back to the form that we've we've all been waiting for him to get to. Yeah, and they deserve to be on the spot here. Interesting note there, the Raiders' defensive line have been victims to two of the Team of the Week offensive lines so far, the Chargers in Week 1 and, of course, the Titans in Week 3. Now we move on to the defense. Demarcus Lawrence, six six tackles, three sacks, and he absolutely dominated on Monday Night Football, deserves a spot here. Another guy with six combined tackles and three sacks, Dietrich Wise. He had that against the Ravens. He's a very underrated player for the Patriots. A lot of the guys on this week's Team of the Week defense are very underrated, I must say, for sure. 
And then Kenny Clark, another underrated dude. Four tackles, two sacks in the win against the Buccaneers. Good player for the Packers down in the middle there. And the other defensive end, I've worked with four defensive linemen. I went with Trey Hendrickson. He had two forced fumbles and two and a half sacks. Great play by him this week and definitely deserves a spot. Very hard to keep out some of the guys that we've mentioned in this show. So that defensive line was very hard to pick for sure. Devondre Campbell, as I mentioned earlier, 14 combined tackles and the game-winning tip ball and the two-point conversion deserves a spot. Roquan Smith, 16 tackles and an interception that set up the game-winning field goal. He deserves a spot in the team as well. Nick Bolton, my other linebacker. Nine combined tackles and two sacks. Really stopped Jonathan Taylor throughout the game. He's a good player with the Chiefs. Again, he deserves a spot on this team. Cornerback, I did mention him earlier. Jeff Okuda, two catches, nine yards, and 56.3 pass rating allowed when he was covering Justin Jefferson. Great performance by Jeff Okuda. Very glad to see he's not injured that much this week. Kaya Ilham, my other cornerback, the rookie for the Bills, he had 25 coverage snaps, two catches, and 10 yards allowed. That's actually a very good stat line against a receiving core, which has Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. Kyra Elum, he's really showing that he can be very good. On the other side of that game, you had safety Javon Holland. He deserves a spot in this team of the week. One forced fumble and 1.5 sacks with 10 combined tackles. Good performance by him. And for the final spot, we had Jalen Petrie. Two interceptions for the Texans against the Bears. So there's my team of the week. A lot of guys that are very underrated that deserved a spot this week. And yeah, just a lot of surprising performances. Hope you guys are happy with that one. We'll definitely have that on Pastry Press and Good Egg Gridiron socials this week. And check out Aussie NFL Fantasy and Pastry Press NFL for the individual Pastry performers as well. Absolutely. That was a great team of the week this week. Yeah, just uh, very fun one. Just quickly, yeah, you're well, very fun. Your offense was 968 total yards. Yeah, there That's wasn't too much there. To huge, 968 total yards. It's huge. Yeah. It is huge. It is huge. Thousand yards in that team of the week this week. Yeah, it, and a lot of very unknown names or very under the radar sort of names in this team of the week, like Matt Collins, Khalil Herbert, Cordell yeah. Patterson. And the whole defense pretty much was unheralded except for, I'd say, Demarcus Lawrence. So, yep. yeah, and Roquan Smith, of course. Yeah, those two would probably be the only real guys that everyone talks about in that defense. All right, well, that's the end of the uh, recap week three episode. It has been a bit of a longer one. Uh, thanks for sticking with us if you've gotten this far. Uh, if you have, why not um, drop us a like, uh, subscribe, check us out on some socials, Facebook and Instagram. That's uh, G'day Gridiron. Um, please check out the pod wherever you can find it, of course. Um, it's everywhere. You'll be able to also, we'll be back uh, with a TNF preview for Bengals and Dolphins, a real quick one. Um, uh, probably Wednesday evening uh, or maybe Thursday morning um, Australian time. And then, of course, you'll be able to catch us uh, Friday afternoon-ish for our main 
preview show for a big week four that also includes international football for the first time yeah. in 2022 with the Vikings and the Saints travelling to London uh, for a 12.30am Australian time game on Monday. Um, I like being able to stay up and watch a game rather than have to go to sleep and wake up to watch a game. Yeah. So, um, I'll sit through that for sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, catch us wherever you can. Uh, thanks for getting this far, and we really appreciate all listening. Cheers. Yeah, thank you, everyone.